Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by SATC Solution Center, L3C. Hello, I am Savannah Roundtree, and today I am sitting with Harmony France, the co-founder of Firebrand Theaters. Harmony, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, So Firebrand Theater is the world's first feminist musical theater company, (laughs) and I am so excited to talk about it. But first, we're going to talk about how you got to that point. Sure. Um, So I noticed that you went to Columbia College. Mm -hmm. Are you originally from Chicago? No. uh, My family, we were kind of vagabonds. So I grew up all over the place. I was born in California. I grew up in New York. Um, Lived in Georgia, St. Louis, all over the place. Uh, I was in the Navy. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that you were in the Navy. Was your, was, so was that like a family? Was were one of your uh, parents involved in the military? I mean, Is that why you guys were moving around so much? Or? No. Uh, s- wow. It's um, <laughs> so when I was really young, my parents were following around a guru, and then it was wow. like uh, they moved because for work, sure. you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. We are actually a military family, okay. but it's really weird because that wasn't instilled in us in any way. I mean, my dad was drafted. Okay. Like, that's sure. what you know, yeah. happened then. And then, um, yeah, I ended up joining the Navy because I ran out of college money. And at the time that was pre nine 11. So it wasn't like a big deal. Like you join, okay. you join the military, you do your time and you get money for college. Right. It was pretty cut and dried. And then, you know, of course nine 11 happened while I was in, it got a little more complicated, Wow. but, um, but I always knew I wanted to get out and be an actor before yeah. that, I went and studied opera at Brunel University when I was Yeah, I saw that 15. you studied opera yeah, and acting. Crazy. So yeah. <laughs> let's just, so what did, like, okay, you're 18, what do you do? When I was 18, I had dropped out of the opera program. <laughs> okay, so your fir- the first thing you did was started, I'm just trying to figure out how this all came together. So at first it. you started at the opera school, and then... Yeah, well, because we moved around so much... Um, my family was, we were living in Georgia and my family was about to move to St. Louis. And so mm-hmm. I was going to go to a third high school and uh-huh. I was done. Yeah. Was that sounds like done. one high school was <laughs> too much for me. So I can't even imagine. Yeah, it. I was really done. So I, um, auditioned for Brunel university and okay. I got, um, pretty much a full ride scholarship when okay. I was 15. Wow. So, uh, I went to do that okay. and, um, I kind of hated it. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. All right. <laughs> so um, I love opera. I just don't like uh, studying it. It's it's just uh, when I was studying it anyway, it was very rigid, and um, yeah. you weren't allowed to do any other. Yeah, it definitely seems like your voice. the like pretty much the most old school like yeah theatery type thing you and can go into. And I was like into. singing with rock bands on the weekend, right. so I <laughs> would like, always get in and trouble. And you're like 15, <laughs> and you're like no. Yeah. So um, I I left. I left Brunel. We also ran out of money, and I left Brunel, and I went um, to stay with my family in St. Louis for a year and went to community college or whatever, and that's when I joined the military. And then you joined the military. Yes. Basically just so you could pay for college. Yeah, and I knew, like, even when I was studying opera, that's not what I wanted to study. Like, I wanted to study musical theater. You always knew you wanted to do musical theater. So even though you hated opera, you were like, I'm still on for musical theater. Yeah, like, back then... 
a lot of schools did not have that major. Right. A lot yeah. of schools did not have that I mean, major. A lot of schools do. still don't have it, that major. Accurate. So. Or they do, and it's not really a blended. Right. Yeah. Like even when I was at Columbia, that wasn't really a blended program yet. Mm-hmm. It is now. Yeah. But at the time, you were still into the music building and the theater building. Like it yeah. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, yeah. So I was in the military for six years, and I got out, and I went and looked at Columbia and I loved it. Yeah. And I went to Columbia and became a Chicago girl. Great. So what was it like uh, being at Columbia after you had already had all this life experience? I would assume that you were like a bit older than your (laughs) classmates. Yeah, I was. How old was I when I got there? I was 26. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's funny because I started off being younger than everyone. Right. And um, yeah, it was interesting. I definitely regressed back to 21. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think with any artist, um, especially then, I was, st- I was focusing on acting. The more life experience you have, right? The more well, you that's can what. Your um, so I'm in law school right now, mm-hmm. and I'm older than a lot of my classmates, and sure. it's just sometimes you can really see a stark contrast where it's like I I know that I really want to be doing this, and I'm serious about this, mm-hmm. and um, just like the dedication and the mindset, I think it can be a little different sometimes. It, absolutely, so. I was definitely um, this went away, <laughs> <laughs> but when I first got to Columbia, I was so focused and I was so serious and. I treated my time at Columbia, because you can, uh, Columbia College, it's kind of a make it what you want kind of school, and I wanted it to be a Mm -hmm. conservatory, so (laughs) I treated it that way when I first got there, and then, of course, you know, things devolved from there, but, um, (laughs) but, yeah, I mean, you, when you take six years out of your life to go serve your country, you realize what, you know, a privilege it is to go to school and not have to, you know work for a while and do yeah. all those things. I would so. imagine that that probably impacts a lot of what you do now, just being it able to think about how. my whole yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Um, so after you graduate from Columbia, did you just go straight into like the sort of working theater life, just like millions of auditions? Well, A, and... I didn't graduate from Columbia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I walked at graduation. Um, no, I never finished. I started... I started booking shows and mm-hmm. I, it became another situation where I couldn't afford to go to school anymore. Right. Um, and so I just started working. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. that's sort of theater school is sort of one of the only places where if you're getting jobs, like you don't have to finish your degree because no yeah. one gave you a part in the show and was like, but you can, this is conditioned on yeah. you graduating. It's yeah. like you auditioned, you got it. I always wanted to go back and finish. I still sometimes fantasize about, you know, like going back to school and finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's all these things like it's been so long. So a lot of my credits wouldn't count and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Bureaucracy. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> um, so one day, maybe they'll give me one one day. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, you've That's done enough. <laughs> That's sort of my goal with uh, women's studies. I'm always just like, I've studied enough. Shouldn't you just give me a degree right? in this? Yeah. Like look at all the books I've read. Can it count? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, uh, I think the two classes I still had to take two. I know it's terrible with speech and, something else uh, a general elective and I'm like I have to talk all yeah, the time like, all I do, do is I talking. really have to take speech oh no thank you yeah so 
um, you started booking roles. Mm-hmm. Was there, was it like an immediate notice um, that women were like not at the forefront or is this something that gradually absolutely not because you're indoctrinated into it you know like um it's what is normal Mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to look around and be like huh you know like why why is it this way because in the beginning you just want to work and you have your dreams and you want to go to Broadway and there's all this stuff in your head and so you just want to be the perfect performer so that everyone wants to work with you and you can play all the roles you want to play. Like, that's what I was thinking about Mm -hmm. at the time, you know, Um, which is interesting because I've always been very, uh, I've always had a very political mindset in other aspects of my life. But with theater, you're just taught, I mean, in college, we were literally taught we had to wear heels and a skirt to like every audition. Wow. And now that I'm in casting, I'm like, that's, a boo, but like, <laughs> but, but also that's not even always appropriate for the role. Right. You know the things that are um, being taught, and I had some incredible, um, in- incredible professors. So not um, to put them down, but it, it's just what we were taught, and it's what we right. knew, and especially in musical theater, because I would argue that musical theater is the most behind the times mm-hmm. in the theatrical, you know, yeah. Uh, landscape right so i think um we sort of skipped over how they're behind the times because we are both aware of the musical theater scene so let's um just back up and explain what exactly we're talking about in terms of the gender disparity in musical theater um so musical theater is mostly run by white men right um (laughs) even though uh, I don't know the current stats, but I know that in 2014, 2015, 68% of the Broadway audiences were women. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> and yet the protagonists were male, and it was male creative teams, and the writers are male. I mean, it's just every everywhere you look, it's so rare that I would walk into a room and see anyone but yeah. white males behind the table that I was auditioning for. Mm-hmm. And it was also in the, um, in the audition room. Like, uh, I remember a callback for Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm. And that show has, like, so many men in it and one woman. As yeah. far as, you know, speaking roles or singing roles go, there's ensemble members. But so there were, and, and yet there were still more women in that room competing for that one right. role. And there were all of these guys, and they could play Peter, or they could play Judas, or they could play this part, or that part, or that mm-hmm. part. You know, there were so many options. And it's when I started thinking about scarcity versus abundance. And um, really, Firebrand came from years of sitting on my best friend, uh, Danny Smith. Uh, well, Danny Smith was sitting on my couch and <laughs> just bitching essentially (laughs) about everything that's going on or about being harassed at rehearsal Mm -hmm. or about having to negotiate some director's ego or you know yeah I mean all my best friends are in the theater world and so Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm mostly just a very avid theater watcher but I always go and like my one critique after every show is pretty much just like well I wish there was more women and even Mm -hmm. Um, when there are musicals or roles that it's like hailed as like this great role for a woman, 
um, there's still, it's like, there's that one great role, but mm-hmm. then still most of the cast ends up being men. And I'm just Absolutely. always like, I'm my, it's like a running joke in our friend group now, but I'm always just like, well, what if it was just all women? <laughs> I want every cast to be all women. Oh, well, much. same. But um, <laughs> I, we, we were actually secretly already putting Firebrand into um, action but before anyone knew about it, I put a, a Facebook post up and I was like, what are the feminist musicals that you mm-hmm. can think of? And it was so interesting, the answers I got, because people don't know what that means. Right. A lot of people don't know what I mean by that. And mm-hmm. so they would be like, well, company has so many women in it. I'm like, yeah, but they're all <laughs> fighting over this guy. Right. Like, it's not it's like, about does them. Does it even pass the Bechdel test? Uh, no, yeah. I don't believe it what? does, so, actually. And, and Nine, Nine was another one, and I was like, well, that's really not a feminist musical. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because it's filled with women doesn't mean that it is an empowering story. Right. Yeah, so what is your definition of a feminist musical? Well, I've come up with, for Firebrand, we've come up with, like, the test of mm-hmm. what uh, has to pass to um, to do one of our shows. Just baseline, it has to pass the Bechdel test. And for those that don't know, that just means that there is a scene with more than one woman in it where they're talking about something besides a man, right. <laughs> which doesn't sound that difficult, but it is remarkable how few musicals even pass yeah. that. It's remarkable how few things in entertainment at all pass yeah. that uh, marker, and so many people are just blissfully unaware of that. Yeah, They just think that because there are women in it, it's good. <laughs> so then on top of that, um, I will only produce shows that have at least as many women in it as men, preferably more. Yeah, um, They have to lend themselves to diverse, inclusive casting. I'm not interested in just telling a white woman's story. Right. Um, and it, the story has to focus on the women. Great. So, <laughs> and we do musicals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, created kind of an impossible mission with the canon <laughs> in the musical well, theater canon sure. the way it is today. So how about how long was it mm-hmm. between when you started being a working actor till when Firebrand was created? I started acting, I mean, I I guess professionally, I started acting um, in 2006, and Firebrand, because right after I got off tour, um, Firebrand was started in 2015, Okay, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, because I... The last, like, kind of nail in the coffin of, I think I always knew, I was involved with Bailiwick Chicago, I was the casting director there, like, I was already behind the scenes in a lot of different ways while I was an actor, Um, and I always knew that I had these ideas for for what makes good theater and what I want to see and what I think is lacking, but um, I think the final puzzle piece was booking a Broadway national tour, and getting a lot further up that rung of like, you know, ultimate dream right. be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I hate this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it at all. I mean, parts was of it, it just parts the of it were touring incredible. aspect or was it the show that you didn't like? Um, I don't love a reverent theater. Sure. <laughs> Not that sister act actually has some nice messages. 
I don't like being a cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love acting. It is my first love. It is my biggest love, and it always will be. Um, I'm always going to be game if something really exciting comes along, but I don't need to just be in a show. To be in a show, I would rather help um, correct the inequities that we're dealing with in our art form than just, you know, be waving a rose in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I noticed that your bio includes casting director, teacher, actress, singer, home style guru, which I want to talk about later, (laughs) but also... Wow, where'd you get that bio? That sounds like an old one. Also uh, (laughs) writing and activism. So it's clear that you're very involved in all aspects of the theater production, Mm -hmm. which I think is really, really great. Um, So just how did you even decide that you you had to create this musical theater Mm -hmm. company to do it? And how did you even begin to go about that? Sure. Well, uh, so I got off tour and I went on a couple of auditions and I wasn't just like not liking the tour. I was just kind of, I was actually auditioning for another production of Sister Act, uh, (laughs) which was the last thing I wanted to do. And um, at the same time, while I was on tour to, because it was not an artistic endeavor for Mm me, uh, it was definitely work. Yeah. I created a cabaret just to keep myself from going crazy and it was um it was called no one here but us witches and it it was like what if all of the witches met each other and my one rule was like they can't sing about a man they have to sing about literally anything amazing yeah and so believe it or not that cabaret was the beginning I think yeah because people came to that silly little witch show that I like. I mean, wrote a I'm already obsessed, and I didn't even see it. But this <laughs> like, sounds amazing. Like, what if amazing. Maleficent met the witch from Wizard of Oz and the witch from Into the Woods and whatever? And they were all sis- they found out they had the same mom. It was stupid, but anyway, I mean, it sounds amazing. <laughs> but anyway, I had people come up to me afterwards, like in tears. Wow. They were like, I've never seen this many women on stage before, singing about something that isn't like, you know, yearning after a man or right and. So that was definitely one of the like little, um, it was also in the middle of the primary season. Sure. So in the midst of all of this, I was watching, you know, how the media was treating Hillary Clinton and, uh, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so that was very, very prevalent in my mind. And then really another night of Danny and I were on my couch drinking wine and we were like, we're going to start our own theater company, aren't we? And then we like, ha, 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 laughed it off. And then a week later, we were like, oh, no, we're, we're actually really going to do this. And so then, you know, there's the logistics. Like, right. you have to go and you have to um, get incorporated. Right. You and you register your business. You, you have yes. to. Yeah. There's just so many things like, you know, you, I'm sure you had to find rehearsal space, performance spaces. Oh, well, yeah. And that that's before. I mean, it took us eight months to get. Uh, tax exempt, right? Five hundred one c three with all the paperwork and just all of the stuff that you right. have to go and through. And I would imagine that um, you know opera and acting school don't really give you like there's not business classes <laughs> no. involved in that. No. So is just you just like trying to figure out what I, you're doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, um, um, yeah, it has been 
an absolute learning curve. Google is my friend. Yep. I Google a lot of things all the time, tax laws and, you know, all, yep. all kinds of fun things. Yeah, I we just, um, in the beginning, we just sort of figured it out mm-hmm. as we went. Uh, we had a, a not-for-profit lawyer okay. who mm-hmm. donated her time to help us. And so... Like, I don't, it probably would have even taken longer if we didn't have her helping us. And it's just a matter of you have to reach out and for help. Mm -hmm. A lot of networking, I'm sure, had to happen. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's not even networking. It's more just you have this knowledge and I need it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even trying to get you to give me something. I just... um, how do you fill out this form? You know what I mean? Really basic stuff. But that is people really romanticize running a theater company and uh, it's 95% that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. It actually surprises me that people would romanticize running a theater company because, I mean, all the theater experience I have is mostly like stage managing and stuff, so maybe that gives me more insight into all the Mm -hmm. background things, but... Yeah, I would imagine um, there's I would just say actors yeah. romanticize just like you know, picking the shows. Of, oh, they're just like, oh, pick whatever blah, show blah, you blah. want and do yeah. it. But. And that's fun and great mm-hmm. when you get the titles you want and when right. you have the money for them and all of that. And musical theater is so expensive. I don't mm-hmm. think people realize that. And we started as an equity company, which is the last equity musical theater company that started right off the right out of the gate, like without turning eventually, uh-huh. was Paramount. Wow. Could you just explain what equity, being an equity sure. theater company means? Um, equity means that we have union contracts. Okay. And so that means that we have to adhere to certain... So even more rules for you to Even more to. rules and more money. Mm-hmm. Um, way more money for um, the talent that we bring on. So it's been an insane endeavor. And we didn't have investors or anything. We had 600 bucks. Wow. So, <laughs> you didn't have, how did you get money to start? We this? spent a year uh, doing mission based fundraisers. Like, one of the okay. first things we did was a gender bent concert of Jesus Christ Superstar. Great. <laughs> where it was all women and one man playing Mary Magdalene. And people were like, this Ideal. looks so weird. I was like, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, think of how it looks for us yeah. all the time when we're looking on the stage. Uh, and again, people came afterwards and were so moved and, you know, to mm-hmm. see that many, they were like, I don't know, like 20 women yeah. on stage. At the same time, we threw a huge gala uh, called Nothing Like a Dame, and I filled the stage with like 30 women and like some of the hottest talent, you know, in Chicago. Because everyone's game for it. Like yeah. everyone's, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is about it. They yeah. want this to work um, because it benefits right. everyone. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just bit by bit. We've We've had some small... Um, we've had some large donations from sing, some single donors, but we we haven't mm-hmm. had one grant yet. Wow, not one. So everything we've raised has been through tickets and donations. Wow, that's amazing. Especially because yeah. yeah, that's because usually theater companies they sell tickets and that's mm-hmm. how they get a lot of money. But before you've had a show, there are no tickets to sell. So yeah. you did that just through. 
um, like fundraisers, do fundraisers, and, like that. and uh, we have a couple of donors. Um, I mean, we do, we do like grassroots fundraising right, yeah. too. You know, um, web based, but all like mostly smaller donations instead of like a major mm-hmm. investor or anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah. And so, how do you just decide to that you will be an equity theater company? Is there do you have to join a union or? No, it's it's interesting because the union works for the actor. Right. They don't really work for us, but mm-hmm. we do have to work with them, obviously, to make sure that we're everything is up to standard. It was just important to us. Yeah. Danny was already an equity actor. Um, I haven't gone that way yet. I keep avoiding <laughs> it. Um, but not for any specific sure. reason. Just... <laughs> The, the way my the way my career has gone, uh, it was important to us to be competitive with literally any theater in Chicago yeah. right out of the gate. Okay. <laughs> that was our goal, yeah. and we really wanted everyone to take us extremely seriously. Mm-hmm. And there's so many theater companies that just start all the time. Yeah, I mean Chicago has so many like storefront theaters so mm-hmm. you see. And so it's really there's over 200. Yeah, yeah. It's like really incredible to me that Firebrand is equity because um, I, I know how important that is and how um, just sort of the elevation in mm-hmm. seriousness that gets applied there. Well, there were a couple of things we wanted to have. We wanted to have a space right away mm-hmm. and be in that same space for every show. And so the Den Theater loved our mission and like and welcomed us. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of spaces wouldn't even return my email because it's a new company. You know, they don't know if we're going to be able to pay rent on time and all those things. And um, so the Den really opened their arms to us and we're residents there now. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were residents after our first show. Yeah, that's amazing. It's Mm -hmm. kind of crazy, you know. It's all been really quick. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, our budget has gone up 200% wow. from the first year to the second year, which yeah. is just just kind of nuts. I mean, we're not rolling in it. No worries. <laughs> it goes, It all goes into the shows. Right. But um, doing Carolina Change was such an enormous um, endeavor for a second year. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's been... Yeah, I mean, just lot. from seeing the like growth trajectory mm-hmm. of the shows you've been able to do and the attention you've been getting has been really amazing because you said you just sort of started in 2015 and so then yeah how many our sh- first show wasn't right. until 2016 right so how many shows have you done mm. we're going into our fourth yeah so the it's been a very quick growth uh, yeah. so um i guess my next question sort of answered itself, but has Chicago been receptive to your theater company? Enormously. Yeah. I don't think we could have asked for a better uh, reception. Obviously, it is a very hard thing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> to run a small business and especially a not-for-profit theater company. Yeah. You don't make money. Right. I think that's what people <laughs> don't really understand is there's absolutely no way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um it all goes into the next show yeah. and you're only as good as your last show. So right. it's all very, very tricky. Um, but the reception has been insane. Even that very first day, because we launched, uh, we were going to launch 
Um, and then my, my father passed. And so the day we were going to launch the company ended up being his memorial. Mm. So they pushed it a week. And then that was a step. There was a Steppenwolf release that day, so we pushed Yikes. it a day, uh-huh. and that was International Women's Day. Oh my Night. god! Like, and we didn't even know. <laughs> so American Theater Magazine picked it up. Playbill picked it up. Like, it went oh my national. Gosh, that's incredible. <laughs> day one, mm-hmm. and we were just like, you know, like you, you just like overwhelmed. You're like, no, we're just to- trying to start. We're just trying to start oh, the Minas Theater, and suddenly from day one, yeah. and just trying to like catch up to it right so has it been sort of more overwhelming than you thought I mean just starting a theater company and then suddenly you're getting like national attention has that continued or was that just sort of it has continued I mean it ebbs and flows sure obviously but um the New York Times reviewed uh Carolina Change so that was uh pretty recently Mm -hmm. and that was crazy so we have moments like that Playbill named us as one of the like it was so. It was just bananas. It was one of those <laughs> moments that it was. It was like, what did it say? One of the best, or one of the regional houses to know. And it was wow. like ten companies and us. And it was like the only. You know what I mean? Like it was like this. I was like, we don't have a house. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, could cool. you maybe get us a grant so we could actually have a house? Thank you. Exactly. Um, but no, the the reception. I I told a story about the launch just because it has been that repeatedly. Yeah. Anyone we ask to perform for us at a benefit says yes. Um, the directors I've been able to get, mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally be able to get at a new storefront theater. Barbara Robertson is in my next show, and I just asked. People are like, how did you do that? Like, I asked her. I don't know. Yeah, well, because – so Firebrand is the first musical feminist musical theater company. That we know of, yeah. And, mm-hmm. well, that's just astounding to me it's that ridiculous. you think, like, it's, you know, 2019, and I, I still don't hear of any other feminist musical theater companies. Yeah. And so I would imagine that this is sort of something that a lot of people, and especially women in theater, are just sort of hungry for yes. and want to see happen. Yes. Um, and, and men, too. And, yeah. I mean, people of all genders are excited to see something different. Yeah. They know when an, a firebrand announcement comes out, it's going to be something a little bit different. And that's mm-hmm. exciting. You get tired of, I mean, no offense to our, you know, our fabulous equity musical theater companies in town, but they do the same shows over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And so, you know, with firebrand, it's going to be maybe something you don't know, or maybe it's something you do know, but it'll, in a new it'll way. have a twist. Yeah. You know, you always are going to have something hopefully progressive and hopefully innovative. Mm -hmm. So does all of this attention, does that make the choices you have to make in terms of what show and the casting and all of that, um, does that make it more difficult or easier? Well, we've always held ourselves to a really high standard when it comes to the inclusivity of our shows and our message. Um, I think that it keeps us accountable yeah. to our original goal. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm pretty stubborn. I, 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 <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone too far from our original goal, but it, it definitely helps that the community is hungry for change mm-hmm. and equality and it keeps me on my toes. Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, so we talked a little bit earlier about how there aren't a lot of things in the canon yeah. for you to pull from. So how, how do you go about choosing a show? Well, it's tricky because you have to... I try to be a third artist, a third activist, and a third businesswoman. Mm -hmm. um, because if you can't sell your show, you can't show your message. Right. You know? Yeah. You it has can't to be... just have good intent. You also have to put yeah, on Yeah, you do have art to sell tickets at the end of the that day. That people want to see. Mm -hmm. So because we're so new, I haven't... I have done some stuff that maybe isn't... Um, not, not everyone knows, but I haven't done a brand new work yet because it's very tricky. It's yeah. really hard to sell a show. Mm -hmm. And um, like, for instance, the first season, we did two shows. We did Lizzie and we did mm -hmm. 9 to 5. Yeah. And Lizzie, believe it or not, was the one I was kind of taking a chance on because that's not a household right. name. Whereas with 9 to 5... You have Dolly Parton, you have the movie. Mm -hmm. There's like all these hooks yeah. that can get people in. And I knew we were doing like a really feminist version of it. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be a firebrand show, but I knew I could get people in the door just from brand just recognition. From the name, yeah. Yeah. What is hilarious is Lizzie ended up being this like yeah, it juggernaut. Was like sold it, out a bunch. You got it you went continued crazy. the season. Uh, we got so we, got, we got a Broadway actress to come in and mm -hmm. do the extension, which actually i would it it's funny how that happened but anyway that's another story yeah, um, yeah it seems like lizzie sort of hit right at the intersection of where people really were hungry for any feminist media but also like the uptick in like people who are interested in like true crime and murder and things like yeah, that sort yeah, of converged for this like had this and even lizzie is a show that people didn't know but like you said it has potential mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it has that underground niche uh yeah. it has commercial potential mm -hmm. and at this point every show that i do has to at least have commercial yeah. potential you know what i mean mm -hmm. um it doesn't mean that it'll do well you right. don't know how any show is going to do but there has to be that potential because i have to keep building the company so mm -hmm. that eventually i can foster these new works right. and maybe create shows curate shows for firebrand and right. that kind of thing um and people send me stuff all the time and if something went across my desk that was just absolutely perfect and ready to go yeah i might do it at this point but we're not ready to do a whole workshopping right review. we're not ready yeah and um that is sometimes challenging because i think people forget because we've had this success mm -hmm. to you know that's yeah. relative term. But because we've had this success, people forget that this is a young yeah. company, a very young company. Um, I'm the only full-time staff, you know, so yeah. it's uh, – there's things that I know people want us to do that we just can't do right. yet. <laughs> yeah, you're like – no, we're just a baby. We got. Well, yeah, we need some baby. time. We like, got to grow. We have up. to grow. We need infrastructure. There's yeah. things we need. We haven't had one grant. Yeah, not one. That's insane like, to me. We need grants. <laughs> like, there's things that we need in order to continine growing. And I mean, I'm on pins and needles for every single one of these shows because yeah, you don't know I'm if sure. it's going to work. Yeah. So you said you're the only full time employee. Because my next question was going to be, are you still doing other things, or is Firebrand like your <laughs> job now? Firebrand is my job now. I have some 
just personally, I have a couple little, you know, mm-hmm. side gigs and yeah. things. But um, no, Firebrand's my job. I did like a little workshop this as an actor, a little workshop this summer. Um, but it, I'm so busy that, uh, yeah, it's difficult to yeah. do anything else. This year, I'm branching out a little bit with other stuff. Okay. That, I can't talk about it yet, but sure. <laughs> but um, but it's gonna it's the experiment. Yeah. It's like, can I? Well, that's what I was gonna do ask. My own stuff. Um, have you always been able to dedicate that much time for Firebrand, or when you started, were you still? I mean, you have to you know pay rent and things. So yeah, do you I have had to juggle a other jobs? Full time job. Wow. When I started, and I was not in a good place yeah I just can't say that I can't imagine how busy you are just doing firebrand let alone doing other things but when you said you weren't getting a lot of investors or grants I was just worried for you oh I appreciate it thank you um when I was in pre-production for Lizzie I lost 25 pounds because I couldn't eat because I was nauseous all the time because I was so just all the pressure, yeah. you know, because the community, we, yeah, Lizzie was our first show, but mm-hmm. the community knew about Firebrand right. for like a year and a mm-hmm. half before that and had been going to our concerts and we'd been building this buzz, yeah. which is like, I think we came out of the gate in a really great way and a smart way, but it also built this anticipation yeah. and this pressure. It can be a real like double-edged <sighs> sword where it's like, it's great that you have people buying tickets and excited, but yeah. it's also like- Well, I still feel that. Like, I don't want to let yeah, people I mean, down. Yeah, still only you know three or so years out of the gate. It's with everyone watching your every move, it's yeah. like you don't really have a lot of room to fail. And it's sort of that thing that um, when- women enter into a lot of things uh for the first time or just like in general in typically male dominated fields mm-hmm. it's like you're being watched so much more carefully and it like if you I mean that mess goes up, with any like, disenfranchised yeah. group like if if you like uh the remake of Ghostbusters for instance like some Don't people get me started. I know <laughs> so some people didn't like it and they're like oh okay so girl action movies don't work. It's, it's like, like, do you know how no. many terrible movies there yeah. are that are just like dumb? Because yeah. well, it's like every year it's like there's one like a uh, movie with predominantly black actors in it. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't do well, people are like, oh, they don't want to see that. Or, you know, Which is it's amazing so that like crazy rich Asians did really well. Yes, and exactly. like, things like because people are watching these minority, these disenfranchised groups so carefully. Because they look at they look at us. They look at they look at things like what I'm doing as an experiment, mm-hmm. and if we fail, oh, that experiment doesn't work. Right, exactly. So your art has to be your art, your activism. Every it has to be impeccable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It, I would imagine it's an incredible amount of pressure. It, it is. Uh, it's worth it. But yeah, I I just my main thing is I started this to make things better. Mm -hmm. And if I ever come to a point where I don't think I'm doing that anymore, then I don't want to be doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm not just doing this to put up shows. Right. I'm trying to make things better. Yeah. And um, that's that's the responsibility that I always have in my mind. Mm -hmm. So Caroline for Change just closed mm-hmm. a little while ago. So what's next on the horizon for Firebrand? Uh, we are doing Queen of the Mist, 
which is a Michael John LaCusa musical. And uh, I reached out to him ahead of time and mm-hmm. asked him if he would be cool if we rearranged his music okay. for um, All Femme Voices. Nice. So there is uh, one male character in the show, and then there's a quintet. And the quintet was normally, I want to say, three male voices and mm-hmm. two. Uh, and the quintet is all uh, all um, non-cis males. Great. And so that was really cool because you mm-hmm. can't just do that. That's the other thing. People are like, do you want to gender bend this? You can't. Mm-hmm. Just do it. You have to get permission. So it's wonderful that he let us do that. We have Barbara Robertson um, mm-hmm. starring. And it is about uh, Anna Edson Taylor, who was the, they keep saying the first woman, but I believe she was the first person to go over the um, Niagara Falls in a barrel that Ooh. she built herself. Wow. And okay. people didn't believe she did it. So she did it again. Oh my God. To what? prove no. that she did it. <laughs> no. Like this woman. So we have this incredible, incredible actress playing her. And um, yeah, we're just really excited to tell this story. Yeah, I am excited to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she's a fireball. Sounds, like this character is. Yeah. It sounds like it. Uh, like one time over Niagara Falls would be too much for me. So I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like you know what? Oh, it's and the fine. stunning, and the cast is incredible. Um, and that's running at the Den Theater, which is in Wicker Park, from May twenty eighth through July sixth. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sort of the final question I ask mm-hmm. a lot of our guests is, um, if someone, some like person, was thinking about getting into um, your industry. <laughs> And, you know, maybe that's specifically theater or feminist musical theater, however you <laughs> want to take pretty, it. It's pretty um, specific. Sort of what, what advice would you give for them? Oh, man. Uh, I think that it's good to go in not knowing everything, okay. quite honestly. I think it's good to have a little bit of naivete and to let yourself dream. Let yourself dream as big as you want, you'll lose some of them. Like reality will come crashing down. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, just let your imagination and your dreams go as wide as possible because you will mine so much from that. Mm -hmm. There's all the annoying day-to-day paperwork and finances and all of that, and you'll learn that. But I guess I want to say, especially for theater, if you're going to start a theater company, have something to say. Yeah. Don't just start it because you want to cast your friends and things. I mean, do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I know what keeps me going because I have almost quit 463.92 times. <laughs> and the thing that keeps me going is that my mission is really important to me and it's important to other people and mm-hmm. I don't want to let them down and I want to raise people up. Yeah. So if you have something important to say, then on those really difficult days... Mm-hmm. you'll be able to stick with it. Yeah. Great. Um, I think that's wonderful advice, <laughs> uh, not only for theater, but for a lot of aspects yeah. of yeah. life and business. Um, so unless you had anything else that you wanted to talk about. Um, I don't believe so. Yeah. I just want to thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. I really enjoyed me. our conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you. Thanks 
for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago, as produced by the SATC Solution Center. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media with your comments and suggestions. You can email us at solutioncenter at satcltd.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shank Annis Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to, for use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.